Hello, urbanists. Parksify needs your support. As an independent podcast, Parksify depends on support from patrons. So if you're enjoying the Parksify podcast, consider signing up as a patron for as little as $1 a month. We have great perks, including Parksify stickers and t-shirts, and all patrons receive access to bonus content. To learn more and to sign up, just head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Parksify. Thanks for your support. Hello, I'm Ash Blankenship, and this is the Parksify podcast, where each week I talk with planners, urbanists, authors, and changemakers in our cities to discuss topics that impact our communities. Joining me on the show today is Josh Graham, the founder and CEO of Ehab, a UK-based platform that empowers people to collaboratively create and finance sustainable and affordable housing projects. Obviously, everyone needs a house. Um, and the time you, you spend there can be completely mundane or extraordinary. It's, you know, it's obviously, it's where you grow up, it's where your children grow up, it's where you cook, relax, sleep, love, like do all of these things. Um, and a great home can enable you to have a really great life. But a poor one can have even more of an impact in the opposite direction. My conversation with Ehab's Josh Graham all ahead on this week's episode of the Parksify podcast. Hi, Josh. Thanks for joining me on the show. Hey, Ash. Cheers for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Josh, you're the founder and CEO of Ehab, which is actually a platform that brings communities together in order to develop affordable housing. So would you like to start us off by explaining exactly what Ehab does and the method for community involvement when it comes to co-creating housing? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the elevator pitch is that Ehab is a blockchain-based platform which decentralizes the development and financing of residential property. Um, And so the platform basically provides a collaboration-oriented ecosystem which allows any number of stakeholders to co-create the housing that they need and can afford. Um, So just to break it down a bit, when you join the platform, you when you make an account, uh, we'll start to collect information about your housing requirements. Uh, So this is your budget, where you want to live, that sort of thing. Um, And this will basically start to build up uh, an individual profile um, of your personal housing needs. Um, And this information is anonymously and securely um, stored in the blockchain. Um, And what this begins to do is create uh, a more complete uh, and dynamically changing um, overview of what housing needs to be built, the resources that we can leverage to build it uh, and where we need to build it. And so what we do is then we identify potential development sites um, and appropriate developers for the projects based on the demand in the certain area. Uh, and within a project or development site, um, there'll obviously be lots of collections of different interests um, of the people who are involved in that project. So some people might require more affordable housing um, and some people may simply just be more interested in community oriented housing development. Um, and so in these cases, the users will be notified that there's an opportunity to form a group to build an apartment building or uh, some other kind of, of group um, development or more affordable housing development. And the group will then be formed um, and the members will have the ability to join and leave during the early stages of this. Um, But the group will cast votes uh, on the developers that they wish to use. Um, They'll be called to vote on certain design aspects by the developer that they have chosen. And this kind of mimics and follows um, something called Baugruppen, um, which is a is a German, uh, originally a German model that happens quite frequently in in Germany. Um, It it literally just means group build. 
Um, and so we've just tried to digitize that format. Or we would, um, you could look to sort of do a co-housing model, which would see you working much more uh, closely um, with a designer to, to more strategically enable and design community housing projects. And then sort of depending on the size of the site, so whether uh, it could just be a much, much larger project and you're just a, an individual group within that, there would be other voting events called um, about the local amenities and sort of other project-wide design aspects. The idea really is that people get to lead the way, um, but housing experts are still the ones translating those needs and wants into you know, an actually feasible project. And Josh, what inspired you to start Ehab? So I've, I've been doing Ehab for a couple of years um, in, in lots of different guises, but um, obviously everyone needs a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and the time you, you spend there can be completely mundane or extraordinary. It's, you know, it's obviously, it's where you grow up, it's where your children grow up, it's where you cook, relax, sleep, love, like do all of these things. Um, and a great home can enable you to have a really great life, but a poor one can have even more of an impact in the opposite direction. And not only that, but homes and cities play a really significant role in our changing climate, um, something that I'm really, really passionate about. Uh, so cities are responsible for 70% of carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. Um, and those emissions are only set to keep growing and cities are only set to keep growing. So we need to build roughly 1 billion homes by 2025 to sort of meet the growing demand of different cities in different regions on the planet. But considering just how important homes are for all of those reasons, it seemed really crazy to me that the housing industry was still so, I don't know, to me at least, archaic. Um, you know, we still build houses in bricks and concrete when we know that we can make them many, many times better, faster and cheaper if we build them in a factory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we still build suburbs that encourage isolation or, you know, large city developments, which kind of make you feel completely anonymous when there is pretty strong evidence to suggest that more community-oriented models of development are, you know, better for mental and physical well-being. And then for those of you who are lucky enough to be able to afford to buy a house, it's kind of the biggest purchase that you, you know, you, you make in your life, yet you get no say in, in how it was designed and built. Uh, and you have even less control the less money you earn. So it, it just seemed crazy to me to continue to rely on large housing developers who, you know, de- deliver the majority of homes around the world because they, they have no incentive to improve their model. They're, you know, they're making money, so they're happy. And, and the housing sector just hasn't really been touched by the digital revolution that has you know, been happening around us for like the last decade or well over the last decade. And so me and my co-founder, we, you know, we thought it's about time that housing joined the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, but more than that though, like we wanted to enable or create a platform which enabled us to actually build the future of housing rather than just something that maybe we would expect. And I kind of want to go back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago, and that's the blockchain method. So the EHAB method actually involves using blockchain technologies. So can you explain what the blockchain method actually is and how it's beneficial? Sure. So basically, the the, the blockchain is an incredibly secure and transparent way to to store all kinds of information. And the first part of the technology that we're sort of implementing is simply just using a blockchain as a storage, as a place where we can store information. We wanna store all supply and demand data for housing on the blockchain. Um, So we partner with developers and other housing organizations 
who provide information about their supply capacity. And then we also collect demand data um, that I mentioned earlier via the platform. And so all of this information is stored anonymously on the blockchain. Uh, and, and what this does is begins to create a full picture of what demand there is for housing um, and the supply that we can uh, create the housing from. And this allows us to, first of all, address deficiencies uh, in the supply. For example, if there's a, a much greater demand for certain types of housing, then it's clear that we need to produce more of those kinds of housing. Um, and it also allows us to increase or to create better efficiencies in, in, in that system by just basically having a whole holistic view of the supply and demand data. Um, and so thanks to the, the mechanisms of the blockchain, all of this information is available to be viewed by permissioned users only or, or by permissioned companies only um, as and when is it, it's required. So, for example, when a project is started, that's when information about different people's housing needs and wants is actually shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this information becomes more useful uh, as the ecosystem of developers um, and people wanting to build houses grows. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the network effect of us, of our platform is that the, the greater it grows, the bigger in size it becomes, the more efficiencies that we can create and so on. And so the second sort of interesting blockchain technology that we're deploying is something called a smart contract. And so what this does is, in our case anyway, it helps interact with the demand and supply data. And so it helps um, manage and automate the translation of demand into supply. Um, So for much, much larger projects and for much, much more complex projects, smart contracts can bring incredible efficiencies in the automation of uh, payments um, for the various contractors who are working on the site um, and that sort of thing. And so what smart contracts do in our case is enable large groups of essentially strangers to come together and collaborate to create a project where the idea is that they'll grow into a community. And so the last sort of two blockchain elements are tokens, which a lot of people will probably have heard about with Bitcoin and those sort of things. So um, we're using a two token system. And so to be, to, be able, to be able to run a smart contract, you need you, you have to use tokens. You can't use dollars or pounds. Um, and so one set of tokens um, is called an EHAB token. Um, and that's a free floating access token. Um, and this is the token that we'll be selling uh, in the token sale in January, February, and March uh, at ehab.co. Um, and this token is required to pay your deposit if you're buying a house or if you're investing in a project as a crowd investor. Um, and so the fun, sort of the fundamental reason that we're using tokens in this case is they allow for the seamless investment into projects across borders um, whilst avoiding the high banking fees uh, that can be associated with that transfer of value. And for a project, it means that you suddenly sort of have access to a global pool of finance to raise for your project. Uh, And so the second token uh, is an EHAB property token, um, and they can only be bought and sold within an EHAB exchange. And these are asset backed tokens. So their value is directly tied to the project and to the progress of the project. And these are the tokens that you buy uh, when you pay a deposit. Uh, for a house or if you were an invest if you're investing in a project in essence represent the house um, and so for home buyers what this does is yeah, it allows for sort of highly flexible um, repayment structures which could sort of can include shared ownership uh, schemes uh, and other sort of um, mechanisms for affordability um, and for a crowd investor it basically means that um, your investment is completely liquid so you can much more easily trade that asset um, once you've invested in it. 
And so, yeah, that's that's kind of the four different use cases, I suppose, that we have with the the blockchain. So, Josh, how could other communities use this EHAB method to promote and develop housing that is affordable and suitable to those who plan to live there? From, From our perspective, obviously, the aim of the platform is that we want to empower uh, communities to take control of their housing worldwide. Um, so part of our strategy is to is to eventually be able to deliver homes in, in many, many different um, countries. Um, and so from our perspective, you know, we, we help them identify land, we help them connect with developers, and we help them raise finance sort of, you know, through this ecosystem, the, the digital ecosystem that we're creating. I guess if you if you are a community wanting to create a project, then I'd love to hear from you, you know, just, just visit uh, like facebook.com uh, forward slash ehab platform or our telegram channel um, t.me forward slash ehab platform and just message me there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so the ehab method is really just a digitally enabled collaboration tool for groups of stakeholders, you know, such as community groups and the housing associations with the blockchain underpinning the sort of the project management and financing aspects of that. And so unless you can create your own cryptocurrency and sell that as a way to raise finance for your own project, then I don't know, I don't know if there is a way could do that. So Josh, you actually expect a full eHab platform launch in November 2018. So what are some steps that need to actually be taken between now and then to promote eHab and to help get communities behind this project? Sure. Um, so obviously, you know, the, the first step for us is um, a successful token sale um, in the new year. Uh, so that's starting in January, ending in March. Um, and basically by investing in our token sale, then communities can financially support the EHA platform um, so it can get where it needs to be uh, at the end for the launch at the end of 2018. But it's also an opportunity for communities to be able to buy a token which can increase in value um, over that time. Um, and we hope that it would you know, accelerate um, the progress of your project once the platform is available where you are. Um, but some of the biggest steps that we're already taking um, are to start getting involved with some flagship projects here in the UK. So just today, actually, um, we've officially partnered with the Cambridge Norwich Tech Corridor project, which is a housing delivery project of roughly 20,000 homes. And today as well, we um, just began sort of uh, some serious talks with a large housing association in the UK called Bromford, who we're going to start exploring um, way or new ways of delivering um, affordable social housing with them. It's the way in which uh, and the publicity around these projects, which will help validate our platform. Um, and it's really that that sort of publicity um, and, the, and, the, and the really the trialing and testing of the platform in those at, at the moment, two projects, but it'll likely be more um, that will um, mean that we can build something that by the end of 2018 will be uh, usable sort of globally. And at the same time, would obviously have to be um, seeking financial regulation. So in the United States, for example, that's the SEC, uh, but in the UK, that's the FCA and making sure that we have the proper regulation to be able to secure uh, crowd fund, crowdfunding um, in the appropriate regions. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are the main steps that we'll be taking. So Josh, once development is complete, the eHab platform will actually work as a community management tool that will promote Internet of Things technologies within homes, as well as analyze the energy needs in order to make more efficient homes. So what does this post-build method, how does it actually work and how does it help communities? Yeah, so this is kind of um, what I think is particularly interesting about the the project is... um, 
that like communities continue can, can continue to use it even long after the development has has stopped um, and so I guess in the first instance, it will provide a message board and a forum through which the community can sort of stay connected digitally. Um, announcements can be made and events can be arranged and, you know, vote, votes can be called, that sort of thing. But we really wanted to, you know, when we started to think about it, uh, we thought, well, what other benefits can we provide to communities through a, a platform of this nature? And so we wanted to extend the functionality through new modules, um, which we would we would look to begin developing probably in 2019 um, and obviously beyond. And so I'll just sort of talk about a few of them. So like uh, for housing to be truly affordable, the homes obviously uh, need to kind of be built with energy saving measures inbuilt into them. Mm -hmm. Um, And ideally there would be uh, renewable energy generation technologies to accompany this. So solar, for example. Um, So, you know, a a blockchain module, which we would look to sort of implement is um, uh, a microgrid trading system, um, which, uh, and so this is one of the things the blockchain is really good at is, is facilitating really, really seamless, trustless trading of energy. Um, and, and that would be able to be done at, at rates that are much, much, or could, could easily outcompete the rates offered by the centralized grid. So rather than having to sell the energy back to the grid and then sell it to your neighbor, you know, you just directly sell it to your neighbor, um, at a better rate. So what you mentioned earlier is the sort of the management tool around analyzing energy needs. It's kind of um, one of the things that has been researched about smart homes is that when you give communities um, and and individuals um, greater transparency into their their usage of energy, um, then it can enable cost saving and energy saving behavior. Um, And so that's kind of all part of the the affordable side of things um, and that's and that's the sort of module that um, could quite easily be implemented on the on the platform and that you know that's just really the beginning so off the top of my head I'll, um, you could you know you could create um, an app where you could group group by shopping uh, to save on delivery um, or you could have like a, a car sharing uh, management system where um, you know, there are, there's a set number of tokens per day, uh, you know, or 24, for example, for the number of hours in a day. And you like, you can, you can pay to get to, to reserve that car for a certain amount of time. And you can obviously then all share the costs of insurance and the repairs for that car. But yeah, you know, we just want the future of communities and cities to be much more local um, and to sort of use the incredible array of technologies that we, that we have at our fingertips mm-hmm. in a better way than we, than we do at the moment. Yeah. All right, Josh, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ash. Yeah, it was really, really good to just uh, to chat with you. Yeah, so if anyone was interested uh, in the stuff that I was talking about, then um, feel free to um, visit ehab.co. Uh, that's the website that uh, can, you can get a bit more information about our project on. And if you want to ask me questions, just go to the Telegram channel. So that's t.me forward slash ehab platform. And just feel free to ask any questions there. That's all for this week's episode of the Parksify podcast. I'm your host, Ash Blankenship, and I've been speaking with Ehab's Josh Graham. As a reminder, the Parksify podcast is fully funded by patrons, so if you're enjoying the podcast, consider becoming a patron for as little as $1 a month. All funds go directly towards this podcast. You can sign up today by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Parksify. 
Our theme music was composed by bensound.com. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already and consider leaving a review on iTunes so more folks can find Parksify. Until next time, keep chasing those public spaces.